Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, a place for adolescent and family healing. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If your family is struggling and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their trained professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. So this is not communication about the weather. It or it is attachment related issues. And guys, you don't have to. And I hear all the guys listening going, "Oh God, another deep conversation with my wife." That's all I need. Like a hole <laughs> in my is, head. This doesn't have to happen every day. But what when when we are hurting in our marriage, or even before we're hurting, mm-hmm. you know, um, when we have issues pop up, having these attachment related conversations are really really important. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Welcome to Paradox, everyone. I am Josh. I am Jimmy. Welcome. How are you guys doing today? Hope Good. Well. How, oh, you were talking to them. Yeah. No, I'm not really talking to you. Got it. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about affair proofing your marriage. Um, this is something that whether you're on year one and your honeymoon or whether you're on 35 and feeling really good about your marriage. Um, it's interesting. And in our line of work in clinical counseling, you start to understand human nature in a different way. And you know that we're all two to three choices away mm-hmm. from just, well, I guess we're all totally depraved, but we're all two to three choices away from just devastation regarding our life. Um, we're just re- really all sinful. Um, and so we're, we're, we're close to, and we need to be on guard no matter what stage of marriage yes, you're in. Yes, because we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Correct. I mean, I remember in 1979, I sinned. It was yeah. in the afternoon. Yep. Uh, but we all have. There's um, What'd you do? I missed my quiet time. <laughs> I did that back in 79. That is, that is the lamest prayer request mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. But people, yeah. well. Um, I had a guy come in the office and... He's an alcoholic, and he goes to AA, and he was, he, when he came in, he was a little, uh, and as we started talking, he was a little emotional, and he said that the night before, this old man got up in the AA meeting and uh, got up and got his 25-year coin or button or chip, and everyone was like, yeah, 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 that's so great, 25 years without a drink. And the old man started crying and said, this is my second one. Hmm. So he was dry for 25 years. Uh, I think of Billy Graham at age 89, still wouldn't go in the hotel room unless a male staffer cleared it. We're just all really close. So you ha- it doesn't yeah. matter. Yep. We're all I've, recovering. From- yeah, I mean, I mean the same deal, and I'm probably you do as well. But anytime I'm traveling alone, the first thing I do is I turn off. Go to the open bar. As soon as I get back okay. from the bar, yep. I turn off the the adult movies. Not that I've ever watched an adult movie in a hotel, but that doesn't matter. Uh, it's that idea that hey, I'm Jimmy and I'm an alcoholic because I had a drink 30 years ago, but I still am. And so we set up these, try to affair-proof your marriage. You're right. It doesn't matter if it's been one year or 41 years. Uh, you still are vigilant about these issues so that you don't fall. Yeah, and regarding pornography, when, regarding pornography when I travel, I just... We're regarding it. <laughs> I just uh, stay at extended stays where they only offer basic cable. 
Oh, so really? I don't know. Yeah, I don't have to worry about. Oh, uh, the Lowe's Anatole. That's yeah. not really a. Okay. Uh, all right. So to kind of set things up, um, I, this was a few years ago, but I had a client that was he's having a virtual affair. You know, he was involved in in, in pornography, um, which sadly certainly is is rampant in our society. Um, and his wife w- would not enter the therapeutic door. She refused to go to counseling. So it was his problem. Because it was his problem. Um, she said, I wasn't the one that chose to, and sadly he was choosing to do it for the 10-year marriage that they were having, but I wasn't the one that was choosing pornography, and and, and she's right, right? Like, this guy is culpable yes. for that decision. 100%. But what she didn't understand is that she contributed at many levels, right? Pornography is your search for a false intimacy. And so, huh, funny enough, God has given you a marriage, right? If you're, if you're married, he's given you a relationship where you can facilitate that type of intimacy that he was looking for. Uh, and to hear the guy speak, he was communicating that, that my wife really is emotionally blocked towards me. She won't really engage in conversation. And this has been going on for years, and she couldn't see that yeah. that contributed. So it's important to, and I think you're going to speak to this with an example, that both people contribute to affairs. Yeah. And, you know, you say you know, that pornography is a, is a false intimacy, uh, as is a physical affair is a false intimacy. An emotional affair, it's a false intimacy. One of the things when a, when a, when a guy or a gal comes in the office and they've had an affair, the first thing that I have to get very, very clear with them is that that relationship is a lie. It's a lie. And they'll, they'll argue it. Uh, you know, they'll deny it. They'll get upset at me for insinuating it. Uh, but it is a lie. And so the, f- the, it's important, as you said, to get the perpetrator to own it a hundred percent. There is no wagging a finger. We hadn't had sex in a year. You can't, mm-mm. there's a ton of people who hadn't had sex in a year and they're not having an affair. So, uh, you have to completely own it. But in all marriage couples therapy where an affair has been involved, you come in and you beat the perpetrator about the head and ears and have them own it and apologize and blah, blah, blah. But there comes a point in time. Hopefully very early on. Yes. Where you have to turn the page because another truism is, is that an affair of whatever kind is not the problem. It's a symptom of the problem. So at some point, hopefully very quickly in the process, you have to turn our sights in the therapy room toward the real underlying problem. And what both husband and wife did to contribute to cultivating the soil for this affair to take place. And the problem is really an attachment issue. It's an intimacy issue. Um, There's a lot of great research and a lot of great books out there. One of the best is Tim Clinton, who will actually... uh, We're interviewing him yeah, in a couple of weeks. Have on uh, in the future, um, as well Who's as Dr. the head of the American Association of Christian Counselors. He is, uh, and we'll have it's Tim Clinton and, and Gary Sibsey, um, who wrote a, a book called Attachment. Um, but there's a lot of great research out there on attachment. Uh, we in our marital relationship, some people have done. Uh, dissertations hmm. on it as well. I think you're staring at one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we in marriage are trying to answer two foundational questions. That is, the first question is, am I lovable? 
And the second question is, can I trust my significant other to, 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 to give me that love? If we answer yes to both of those questions, we are securely attached within marriage. If we answer no to one or both of those questions, then we are insecurely attached in marriage. And so if you're sitting there and you don't feel that you yourself are lovable, uh, that you are worthy, that you have value, um, then that's going to create an insecure attachment within marriage. If you are sitting there and are, can't really trust you, answer your question, no, I can't trust my spouse to give me that love, affection, or respect, um, then, then that certainly will create an insecure attachment. And so if we, if we don't have love and value for ourselves, if we can't trust our partner to give us that love and value, then that creates an intimacy issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and there can be a that then leads to or can lead to these affair. And real briefly before we maybe move on to these solutions, I think it's important to there's a variety of reasons why we might have attachment issues. Attachment issues. Um, it can be emotionally absent parents. It can be past abuse, whether it's with parents or someone else. Um, certainly previous marriages and those wounds, hurts and disappointments in current marriage, as well as just stress and work and kids. All of these things can cloud our heads and, and provide really um, uh, opportunity, I guess, maybe a weird way to say it, but opportunity for us to answer no to one or both of those questions. And I'm telling you, um, I've been married for 36 years, we'll be 37 here in a couple months. And I think all of us, if we're honest with ourselves, even though there's not been anything big, there's not been an affair, there's not been any whatever, there are those seasons in these relationships where we say to ourselves, there's a distance here. Um, I do not feel a closeness. Uh, and for us to be able to identify those things, because that is, that's the early warning system. That's the canary in the coal mine, uh, that things are not where they need to be and we need to head them off at the pass. So when you just get that feeling that we're not talking, there's no big thing, there's no big argument, there's no big fight, but we're just not, talking. We're not sharing like we should or have. Uh, And those are the type of things that we need to perk our ears up and listen to. Yep. Um, So we're talking about, and we're going to share four or five ways to affair-proof your marriage. But at the end of the day, it's it's the affair that, that might or might not happen would be a symptom. Yes. Um, the real issue is an intimacy. It's an attachment issue. So we talk you about... You have yeah. answered no to one or both of those mm-hmm. questions for a long time. This is not something that happens overnight. Uh, you know, you're not hurt by your spouse. You can't trust them. And then just the next day, you're stepping out of your marriage right. and having an affair. This is something that's happened over time. Gradually. Um, and so we need to be at the top of our game uh, maritally to, to, to head this off at the to past. To be proactive. And again, it's things like sensing. We, we say, you know, it's, a, it's not the problem. It's a symptom of the problem. Both, both partners have to agree that they had a part in cultivating the soil. Okay, well, what do we mean by that? Well, it's these attachment issues, and it's that distance. It's we allowed that distance to continue and continue and continue. Um, and so what we want to do is we want to say, okay, then, then how can we not cultivate the soil for that? What do we need to make sure we're doing being proactive so that this doesn't occur? I would lead with communication. Uh, I believe that communication is, 
is very much like the Reaganomics. It's trickle down. You know, if we're if we're getting that right, if we can talk with each other, then conflict resolution goes much better. If we can talk with each other, then sexual relationships go much better. But if we're not able to talk, uh, it just also trickles down into into everything else. So making communication a priority. I'd like to see how many times we can say trickle down this episode. You think that would trickle down into the show? Oh, yeah. I'm not taking that bait. Because <laughs> now you're going to have me thinking about it for the rest of the time. <laughs> the, so prioritizing communication. And I know that sounds very psychobabblish to say that. Uh, but it really is true. And guys, we are notorious for and known for our lack of an ability to communicate. And I want to be clear, this is not communicating about the weather. This is not, hey, the Cowboys yes. are on this weekend. I mean, all of us can do that. Which they are. Right? Which they are tomorrow, Saturday. Again, this is going to be... I'm a homosexual. <laughs> this is going to be dropped uh, weeks and months later. Oh, that's true. So we're recording this in August, and preseason's about to start up, and we're excited. Um, so this is not communication about the weather. It are, It is attachment-related issues. And guys, you don't have to, and I hear all the guys listening going, oh, God, another deep conversation with my wife. That's all I need, like a hole <laughs> in the head. This doesn't have to happen every day, but what when when we are hurting in our marriage, or even before we're hurting, mm -hmm. you know, um, when we have issues pop up, having these attachment-related conversations are really, really important. And how we do that is we have, we have to share more vulnerable emotions um, and have more vulnerable conversations. It's very easy to um, fight on the surface about somebody uh, putting the jar of peanut butter back on wrong, right? Like it's very easy to go, you said this then, and, and you did this last Friday, and we've got to dig a little deeper, and we've got to share when someone, when, when we feel hurt, when we feel disrespected, when we feel unloved, when we feel shameful, these are deeper, softer emotions. Which is why a therapist will tell you, use I feel statements yeah. instead of you did statements. Yeah. When that happened, it made me feel this way. And it's not I felt angry. When you, when you say to your spouse, feel like you make a... me so angry, they immediately respond with anger. Yeah. And then we get into the attack defense. And anger, speaking of that, is a secondary emotion. It is something that, and I think we've spoken about this with mm -hmm. parental anger. And will again. Um, but it is something that happens secondarily, which means there's a primary emotion that happens first. Um, traditionally, right, it's a negative emotion. So it's sadness, disappointment, regret. It's, it's some other negative emotion that you've now filtered towards anger. So... Instead of, man, you make me so angry, it's, this makes me sad when this happens. Mm -hmm. I feel hurt when I this happens. I feel like I'm not in the top 10 priorities in your life. Yeah. Blank. yeah. Absolutely. I, I feel like I can't trust you. Mm -hmm. Those deeper, more attachment-oriented questions are essential when it comes to yes. communication. And there's another word for that, that type of communication, and it's just intimacy. Uh, so often when we talk about intimacy in marriage, uh, guys just immediately you know, whip out the Kama Sutra and, you know, start talking about sexual positions. Can you please tell me you don't have a Kama Sutra? We're on number 178. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I don't either. <laughs> Is there one? I don't, I don't know. Sure, Jimbo. I don't. I don't. <laughs> 
Uh, but I threw my back out last week, so <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> when do we even start this? This is terrible. Stop it. Intimacy has to do with so much more, and guys, that's just where guys' brains go to, like my son. But it has so much more to do with that. Yeah, it, it's these I feel statements. It, is it that is the that's intimacy? We're talking, but we're not just talking about mowing the lawn. We're talking about. Uh, you know, when we, we say the most important question you can ever ask is, how is your day? And it's not it's not that you reply great, but it's like, I'm so sad the way that, you know, that meeting went or I'm really nervous about whatever we we're we're living one life together. And that means one emotional life together. And so a priority and in intimacy uh, and if we're being intimate on the back porch talking about our lives and in the kitchen where, you know, cooking dinner together, that again leads to intimacy in the bedroom. Uh, so when you it's, you know, a bedroom is a result of intimacy, other places in our lives. So a priority on intimacy. Yeah. So communication, softer communication, intimate communication is key. Number two, uh, to affair proof your marriage, you've got to watch out for the pursuer withdrawer uh, interactions. When we get in rough places or even when we're heading towards rough places in marriage, uh, there can be the pursuer withdrawer that takes place. One spouse is pursuing either through maybe anger or like a neediness, like an anxiety in the relationship, calling, checking up, texting. Uh, requiring GPS, whatever it is. Um, and so they're pursuing because they're feeling insecure in the relationship. And that only makes the other person that they're feeling insecure about run away further from them. And so they actually withdraw in the relationship. And so we need to watch out for that. And if we feel ourselves slipping into either pursuer withdrawal roles, um, the, the pursuer needs to soften their pursuit stop doing those things and the withdrawer needs to engage in the relationship now your mother pursues me but she's carrying a seven iron i was about to say like a, a pan yeah <laughs> a rolling pin another thing for me is uh in and again this is how do we a fair proof our marriages uh if there was one sentence it would be my spouse feels loved by me uh and again, going back to Chapman a couple of weeks ago, it's our job isn't to love our spouse. Our job is to make sure our spouse feels loved by us. And we are a fair proofing our marriage when our spouses feel loved by us. And therefore, going back to the five love languages aspect of how does our spouse feel loved? OK, if it's acts of service, then that's what I'm doing. I'm going to make sure that every day my spouse has felt loved by me. And that is a key element in a fair proofing your marriage. Agreed. Uh, making your spouse feel loved is, is paramount. Other things to consider when a fair proofing your marriage. Um, it's important to acknowledge in marriage, and this is different than really any other relationship in life, trust and forgiveness are given, they are not earned. So many of my couples will sit here and they'll talk, well, if this guy would just behave or if this girl would just do this, then, of course, yeah, then I would absolutely trust him. I would want to forgive them. We have got to, because it's a covenant commitment and not a contract, um, it does not depend on the other person doing and fulfilling their side of the bar. We are 
covenant commitment towards them to maintain love. To do that, you have to give trust and, and forgiveness, even if they have not earned it. And lastly, we've got to, in our in our in these conversations and just really in day-to-day life, we've got to empathize and we've got to validate. Our spouse cannot feel run over by us. You you married this person. I believe, therefore, then they have a brain, right? They're intelligent creatures, or you wouldn't have done that. Therefore, they have valid thoughts. They, they have good ideas. So empathize with them, putting yourself in their shoes, as well as validate their ideas. But, I mean, somebody married Donald Trump. Whoa! Wow. Whoa! Wow. Got political. Got political. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, so, affair-proofing your marriage this is CNN. <laughs> communication, pursue withdrawal, prioritizing intimacy, trust, forgiveness, empathy, validation—all really, really okay, important. Okay, now then, you can't blame us if you have an affair now, because <laughs> we've. Covered if you it. want more about this show, and as well as to uh, to see our show notes, paradoxpodcast.com. You can sign up for our email listserv. You can expect one to two emails a week. You can also show find the show at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's Doc's Podcast. You can find me, Josh, at those three platforms. It's Doc Josh. Myers. My Instagram is more personal photos. Twitter and Facebook are interesting articles that I'm reading. Dr. Jimmy Myers on Facebook for me and on Instagram and Twitter at jmyersfan. Guys, have a good day. Appreciate it. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. and researched by Dr. Jimmy and Dr. Josh Myers. Special thanks to Life Austin Church in Austin, Texas, and our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Gar. To find out more about the Paradox and to sign up for email updates, go to our website, paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. Six, seven months into our marriage with a very elaborate 10-year plan completely laid out, we discovered, as Mike likes to say, that spontaneity can cause people.